What if COVID is giving you a pass this year that relieves you? What if you're glad to miss a family holiday? One listener hates Christmas because of her overbearing and difficult mother. How do you set boundaries with your parents? And is it ever too late? We'll answer that question in this week's episode of Fluster Clucks with Lynn Lyons, the show for real talk about worry and other big feelings in parenting. Hi, I'm Lynn Lyons. I'm an anxiety expert, speaker, mom, and author. I've been a therapist for 30 years. You're here because your family has some anxiety issues or you want to prevent them. I'm your co-host and Lynn's sister-in-law, Robin, and I'm here to ask your questions. Parenting can be a Fluster Clucks, and I'll help you find your way. Lynn, it's nearly the end of 2020. Are you glad? Well, yeah, of course. I'm ready for a change. But, you know, the impact of 2020 will still be with us. You mean on our mental health? Yeah, right. I mean, we want to kick 2020 to the curb, but we have to do the work first. There's got to be some personal reflection on the anxious habits and patterns that showed up for us and maybe got way worse. Yeah. Well, you're the one to lead us out of this. I'm excited for my course in January. This workshop will take an audit of the way anxiety showed up in your life this year and then how to destroy disrupt it in 2021. Do you think this is just for adults? Well, we'll do more later for kids and teens too, but I I see a real need to help the parents first after the year we've all had. I want to help them feel bolstered for the new year. Sounds like something we all need. Mm -hmm. When we're grounded, we can be more helpful for our family. If you want to reset, sign up for our newsletter at flusterclucks.com to get all the details first. Lynn, I always say that our show is for people who are parents or have parents because it's really sort of universal for everyone. And this question will definitely resonate with many people. Okay. How do you let family members who have different views of what the holidays should look like know that you don't value those same ideas? My husband and kids who are young adults now and I simply love fun family time together, especially on the holidays. My mother has her own very loud, obnoxious ideas about what Christmas should look like. Yes, I could benefit from years of therapy due to the relationship with my mother. We always get bullied and guilted into doing things her way and end up miserable and grumpy and irritated by the time we leave her house and always has to be her house. I've come to hate Christmas. I'm selfishly happy beyond belief that we can't see my parents this year due to COVID, but know it's only a temporary fix. How do I effectively tell my mother that other people have ideas about what Christmas Day should look and feel like? By the way, she is always right and never listens to others' opinions. She uses my dad's declining health as a way to manipulate us. And no, I've never tried to talk to her directly about it because I don't want my dad to get upset. We are a very messed up family. (laughs) Oh, there's a lot here. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I'm thinking of is that this, this COVID and the way that we have had to adjust things is sort of enlightening for some people, isn't it? That you begin to recognize, gosh, maybe I don't need to have my kids in five after-school activities, or geez, my teenager really is in a better mood when he's getting more sleep, or you know, all these things that we sort of recognized during this huge social change that we've had to go through. It also reveals a lot of the anxieties and patterns and things that that are, uh, as I say, turning uh, cracks into chasms. All right, so here's the thing. 
This is about Christmas, so to speak, but this is obviously, as you know, listener, a much broader issue that your mom is very strong and opinionated and it's really hard for you to set boundaries. And it sounds like this has always been the case. It just happens to show up a lot around Christmas because this is her thing and she's in charge. So the question you have to ask yourself, and this is the big question you've probably been asking yourself, is how do I set boundaries with people that force me to do things that then I feel bad or guilty or resentful or angry about? And how is it improving the relationship to continue to do what she wants so that I just continue to feel mad and angry and guilty and resentful? If you were in therapy with me, and believe me, I this is not uh, an unusual conversation for me to have in therapy, it really is about you being able to tolerate your mom being mad at you and you not feeling guilty about the fact that you're setting a boundary. Now, that's no easy task because obviously for years and years and years, you've relented to her demands because there's a price to pay. You are paying a price regardless. All I think you should do is pay a different price. So rather than paying the price of your whole family having to cooperate with her idea of what Christmas should be, The price you pay for that, the price you pay for cooperation is that you feel guilty, you feel angry, you feel resentful, you are to the point now where you're so happy that there's COVID that you don't have to see your family. Um, That's the price you've paid. I want you to think about this as paying a different price. What if the price you had to pay was your mom being pissed off at you? What if the price that you had to pay was you having a conversation with your dad that said, dad, I am sorry that we're not going to do it exactly the way that mom wants, but it's really important for me and for my family to have some carved out moments in a way that we really enjoy. The price you're going to pay for that is your mom's going to be pissed off. She's going to ramp up her manipulation. She's going to throw the guilt out at you. But you don't have to accept it as your reality just because it's hers. So what are you willing to experience? Because it's not like it goes great. It's not like when you cooperate, you're really happy and thrilled with it. When you cooperate, you're still pissed off. So you just have to decide who's going to be more pissed off, you or her. I would imagine that she feels kind of angry regardless because if this is a mom that is this controlling and this demanding and this opinionated, people are always letting her down. People are never giving her fully what she wants. So this is how she spends her a lot of her emotional life. You being able to show your kids in a very healthy way that it's okay to set boundaries. And I don't know exactly how your kids are, but if you've got kids who are entering into relationships, who are choosing partners, who are entering the workforce for the first time, who are going to be navigating and negotiating relationships in their life, show them how you set boundaries. It's one of the most important skills that you can do in a relationship. You will pay a price Although the price you pay will actually have some positive outcome rather than the price you're paying now. Whoa, great response. I have a couple of friends whose family Mm -hmm. dynamics are so similar to this. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine, I was like, hmm, I wonder if they wrote this question. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. Um, I think that the one thing to also consider is 
do you prioritize the relationship with your your parents or do you prioritize the relationship with your children right because what are your your even though they're adults what are they experiencing too i mean if they're going and they're actually having a great time at grandma's mm-hmm. that is somewhat telling that this is more of a personal thing mm-hmm. uh, between their own relationship but if the young adults are also They're just going with the flow and this is what they've always done. She says, and I don't know if this is, she says the word we, so this is an important, you you make an important point. She says, we always get bullied, guilted into doing things her way and end up miserable and grumpy and irritated by the time we leave her house. Yeah. So if everyone feels that way, Mm -hmm. I know how, if I'm, if I'm pretending that one of my friends who has a similar mom wrote Mm -hmm. this, Mm -hmm. I know that this must feel so hard and daunting, but Mm -hmm. really hear what you just said, Lynn, because what are you modeling for your kids Mm -hmm. for their own life too? You're Mm -hmm. showing them that their own happiness and their choice for happiness and their choice for a simple, fun, and playful opportunity gets thwarted by somebody else's negative traits. Right. And she has control here. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing too, is I think that when you have a mom who's so dominating, you forget your own agency. Well, and it's been like that since she was, right? This didn't show up when this when this daughter was 42, the mom didn't become dominating and opinionated. I think it's it's a good reminder to say to her, you do have your own agency. You've just probably never experienced it. Yeah. And I, I think the, you know, as I said, I think the interesting thing about these situations is that People will do what the dominating, opinionated, bossy person wants because they're like, oh, I just don't want to have a conflict. As if doing it makes everything feel great, right? As if you have the choice is, I'm going to do what my mom says and then we're all going to have a great time or I'm going to stand up for myself and we're all going to have a miserable time. That's Those aren't the two choices. Not at all. Right. So it really is, there's something... I think actually, and there's another thing too, is that not being together for this Christmas is going to give you a little opportunity to say to your mom, it was really hard not being all together for Christmas. But what what I really was able to recognize is that we have some traditions and we have some things that we like to do. So as we go forward, because Christmas 2021 is going to be different, let's. I'm really going to think with my family about what we really want Christmas to be. So you're blaming it a little bit on COVID and saying, boy, it was really an eye-opening experience. If you are a mom who's trying to keep your calendar organized, keep your family's appointments where they need to be, then I'll tell you, the Skylight Calendar is a product that you ought to check out. You know how it is. Running a household can be pure chaos and it can be so stressful. This is why you need to check out the Skylight Calendar. It is going to make your life easier, mom. It really is. The Skylight Calendar is a smart touchscreen calendar and organizer for all your chores, groceries, to-do lists and a great way to manage appointments to make sure they never overlap and they're never missed. It helps keep busy households on track so families can get time back for moments that really matter. The Skylight Calendar is so easy to use and to set up. It's not going to frustrate you. You're going to be able to get it going within minutes. It syncs events from other family calendars, including Google, Apple, Outlook, you can add events directly using the touch screen or with the free Skylight mobile app. 
updates to linked calendars will automatically appear on the Skylight calendar at home. So no more worrying that you guys are going to forget something. No more cluttered paper calendars. It shows all family events together in one spot. The events are color-coded, so you can easily see what everyone has going on each week. When the calendar's not in use, you can turn it into a digital picture frame. It's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love the Skylight calendar, you'll receive a full refund. They offer a 120-day money-back guarantee and free returns. You can't beat it. I think the feature that I love most is the collaborative way we can all add to the grocery list. And then when I'm ready to place an online order, whether I'm at home or my office, I have that list and there's no more items that we forget. So as a special time-limited offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash flusterclucks. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash flusterclucks. Mother's Day is coming right up. So order today to get 15% off your purchase at skylightcal.com slash flusterclucks. I really have to pay attention to hydrating properly. I work out a lot. I talk all the time, as you know. I am pretty active and I don't drink enough water. So I'm constantly thinking about how it is that I am going to hydrate in the best way possible. And I'll tell you, if my water has a little bit of flavor, it's so much easier for me. And if I can get those electrolytes, if I can get more bang for my buck, it's just so much better. I have been using liquid IV. I put it into a huge glass. I put it into the refrigerator. It's cold. It's very tasty. I've been putting it in my water bottle when I go to the gym. The packaging is so convenient. I actually look forward to drinking it, which is not something that comes naturally to me. I love the lemon-lime flavor. They've got a sugar-free apple that is really great. So I think that if you're somebody like me that has a difficult time getting in the amount of hydration that you need for your body, Liquid IV is a great option. One stick, 16 ounces of water, it hydrates better than water alone. It's got three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, and it doesn't have all that sugar. It doesn't have artificial sweeteners. Eight vitamins and nutrients just for your everyday wellness It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. However you hydrate, grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier, sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code FLUSTER at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code FLUSTER at liquidiv.com. I would also have a really heartfelt conversation with my adult children and say, Mm -hmm. guys, this is our Christmas where COVID has given us an opportunity to have a clean slate and celebrate how we want what would be the most fun and Mm -hmm. most joyful way that we could do that together. Yeah. And really make the most of this and show yourself that That's always the better path to do. And then next year, if things are more normalized for 2021, 
personally, what this looks like and what you're suggesting, there is nothing wrong. And you are not a bad person if you say to your parents, you know, we really enjoyed Christmas last year, December 20th, you know, December Mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm. We really enjoyed 2020's Christmas. We're going to do that again, but we'd like to do this with you all, blah, blah, blah. Right. And they will go crazy. Right. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, that's the really important point is that no matter what you say to your mom, she's dissatisfied with it. Again, you can either do what she wants and everybody be pissed off or do what you want and only 50% of you be pissed off. She's going to be mad. She's not going to like it. This is what, that's why setting boundaries is hard. When you set a boundary with somebody, they don't go, oh, you're right. I mean, sometimes they do, but unhealthy people who don't respect boundaries, when you set a boundary, they get pissed. That's why we don't set boundaries because it feels hard. It feels awkward. When I think of other friends I know who have had similar dynamics, each of them had to kind of break when they became young adults Mm -hmm. in their 20s. They sort of broke from their parents for a Mm -hmm. while you know, for a prolonged amount of time. And I would say, give or take, in each case, it was actually about a year. And then all of the ways that the parents used to control and dominate and communicate, that did go away. The child who had become the adult took that time. And then when they finally said, I'm ready to re-engage with you, and this is how I'm willing to re-engage with you. Mm -hmm. And the good news is I can say 20 years of having a relationship with their parents on their own terms did result from that very difficult boundary making. Yep. People do it all the time, but it's really hard. It's hard. I have a few women that I've worked with that, you know, clients of mine that have really worked hard to do this. And every time we move into the holiday season, they're like, oh, I'm so glad that I have been working on this. I could never go back to the way that it was. But it's hard. It, you know, it's it's the ability, it's the ability to step into this and know that you're gonna piss your mom off, but you you piss her off all the time anyway, I'm sure. Right? Unless you're completely obeying what she wants, she's irritated and she lets you know. So take the risk and say, This is the price I'm going to pay because it's going to give me the outcome I want, versus this is the price I'm gonna pay and just stay in and continue to stay in this negative cycle. It's hard. It's sure hard. But, you know, the time is nigh. Here we go. On a lighter note, yeah. aren't you dying to know when her mother has very loud, obnoxious ideas about Christmas? What does that mean? I totally <laughs> want to know what that means. It, I think it's uh, the turducken. I, uh, <laughs> I think she insists on the turducken. If you don't know what a turducken is, you can Google it, but it's you stuff a turkey with a duck. I don't know. I don't know. That would be interesting. Yeah. You know me and Christmas, like I'm a very simple Christmas person. I don't really love Christmas anyway, so I can't imagine. Don't say that. I host Christmas. Well, no, I don't like the trappings of Christmas. Right. I don't like it. <laughs> don't say that. I hope like, yeah, so Robin, I need to tell you right now that um, I feel like you're bossy and that you're making me do Christmas. No, um, I love the Christmas that we have because we've created this really fun connected Christmas where we play games and I don't like the whole consumerism of Christmas. I hate to shop. You know, when I taught spinning, I quit a few years ago, but people would stop coming to spin classes, you know, during these, the days, like the month of December. And I, people would be like, oh, I'm not going to be in class. I have to go to the mall. I'd be like, oh my God. I would say, why don't you come to class and then go to the mall? 
they're like, oh no, I'm too busy. And I just thought, oh my gosh, we've got it backwards. Yeah. I'm all for eliminating gifts. Um, as you know, I mm -hmm. I didn't like how my family celebrated Christmas for a lot of dysfunctional reasons. It was all about consumerism and just like room full of mm -hmm. presents bleeding from the tree. I mm -hmm. hated it. So we don't exchange gifts. We we fill stockings for our kids because that's like small and fun. But you know, what we do is with, with you all and your family is we now have a gag gift exchange. Yeah. I really enjoy that. That part's really fun. And yep. then it's all about games. Yeah. The simpler you make Christmas, the more fun and connective it really is. We've created some rituals amongst our grown family with our kids that are that are really nice. The one, I'll tell you this one funny thing with my kids, one Christmas, they decided they were, I think you know this, but they were like, I think nine and seven. And they said that they didn't want to know when Christmas was. Because they felt like the buildup to it, there was too much anticipation. It was too stressful. So they didn't, and they were little enough that, so they were little enough that they, they would get off for school vacation and they would lose track of the days. So they said, we don't want to know when Christmas Eve is. We don't want to have any Christmas Eve celebration. We just want to wake up in the morning and be surprised that it's Christmas morning because this is too stressful for us. <laughs> I, I like, do remember yeah. this. So we said, okay. So it was Christmas Eve. We felt a little weird, like not putting cookies out for Santa or anything like that. And then they went to sleep and I went upstairs and I put a big red ribbon across the top of the stairs so that when they woke up, they would see a big red ribbon and know not to come downstairs. But I've never heard of any other kids doing that. They were just like, it's too stressful. We don't want to know. The anticipation <laughs> is too much. Okay. Yeah. That was an elimination strategy I'm surprised you went along with. I know, it's true. So join the Facebook group so that you can ask Lynn your question on an upcoming episode. And thanks for joining us for another episode of Flusterclux. Bye, Robin. Bye, Lynn. Flusterclux is a production of Lux Recess, LLC, a family travel magazine and advising service. Let me book and design your family a vacation of connection and rejuvenation. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.